Hey, Bethel Cleveland listeners. We just want to remind you that we've launched a brand new show called the Steve Witt Podcast. Each week, join Steve Witt as he goes further into the word and he offers his unique perspective on the things going on around the world. You don't want to miss this, so check it out. Search Bethel Cleveland on Apple or Spotify Podcasts. Enjoy. Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. Well, I'm, I'm a, a little bit excited, as you can see. I have the beautiful privilege and the honor of stepping in and covering for Pastor Steve today. Yeah. I consider it a sacred privilege and an honor. Like this is holy ground up here. You're all holy ground. Whether you're in this building, whether you're watching on the live stream, this is a, this is a beautiful opportunity. And I appreciate and value that I'd be called upon to do it. Um, if you don't know, Pastor Steve is feeling a little under the weather, so send some prayers his way and some powerful declarations of healing and restoration into his body right now in Jesus' name. You notice how I shifted that right to him? In the name of Jesus, be healed, Pastor Steve. Praise God. And, and also, this week, um, Pastor Steve is going to be doing his um, podcast. And on his podcast, he's going to be discussing some of the things pertaining to the election. So if you came here today with anticipation of hearing some of that, please go to the website, go to the Bethel Cleveland Facebook page, tune in to the podcast. It's right here. Or take a picture (laughs) of the screen up here and you'll be good to go. I think that's how it works, right? Thank you, Josh. Just, just scan it. Just hover it over it. There we go. Now, now I feel settled into everything here. All right. And don't forget, this is the last verbal announcement. Next week is daylight savings time. Please text me, private message me, remind me as many as times as it takes. That way I make sure that I'm at church on time. All right, so we'll see you all here an hour early next week. I know, we can celebrate that, right? (laughs) Some people are like, why did you say these things? So let's get down to it. I wanna talk to you today about the supernatural power of food, the supernatural power of food and communion in the spirit. Man, this is, Psalm 23, five says this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Can, can we just put our hands out for just a moment? Oh, and just let his cup, let our cup run over with his oil. And just say that whether you're here or you're at home, you're driving, whatever you're doing, say, Lord, I receive your oil. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. 
It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You know, all through the scripture, we see references of the table of the Lord. Some of the most impacting encounters I have had with Jesus happened in the area of visions where I was invited by Christ to dine with him in his table. And when we sit at the table of the king, all kinds of amazing things start to happen. Right? There's something about dining with one another that's intimate, that's personal. Like you don't invite, I mean, maybe you do, but I typically don't just invite anybody out to dinner. Right? And then when you do go out to dinner and have that kind of fellowship with people that maybe you haven't before, you leave that situation hopefully and typically closer than you were before you got there, right? There's something about the heavenly reality of us dining with the king that's translated into the natural realm as we dine with one another. Praise God. Man, I feel really good about that. You know, it makes me want to go out to dinner with people. (laughs) The table of the Lord is the table of his presence. Listen, the table of the Lord is the table of his presence. You know, there's great victory in his presence. All of our victory comes from the presence of the Lord. Right? Yes, we understand Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood. The blood forever destroyed the power of sin and death, right? It says in the scripture that furthermore, he's also risen. He was seated at the right hand of God. He sent us the power of his spirit. Why? To restore us back to his presence, right? It was all unto something, right? And, 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 it, and it's in the victory we have in the presence of the Lord that heavenly realities start to become earthly realities. And we see it throughout scripture. I'm gonna give you a few examples. Moses went up the mountain. He received a blueprint. He saw the heavenly tabernacle. He was given instructions. Aside from the 10 commandments, the Torah, everything that he wrote, right? Aside from that, what he put together, He saw a blueprint of the heavenly tabernacle and he recreated it in the earth. Later, we see Solomon under the instruction of King David in the support of his father building a massive version of it, right? And it was known as the dwelling place of the presence of God. It's where the Ark of the Covenant dwelt, right? Marriage is another example of heavenly realities Manifesting in the earthly reality. Revelation 19, seven through nine. Jesus is the husband and we are the bride of Christ. Right? We have this beautiful invitation to live in intimate relationship 
with the creator of the universe. And marriage is the one thing in, in biblical context with a man and a woman, marriage is the one thing that we've been given that is supposed to be the closest thing we have in the natural to show us the possibilities of the intimacy that we have with God in Christ. Amen? Right? That's a whole message right there, so I'm gonna move on. Jesus exemplified that heavenly realities were earthly, were becoming earthly realities all the time. He only said what he heard the Father say. He only did what he saw the Father doing. Everything that he did was to reveal the reality of this kingdom that has no end, right? I mean, he went so far as to tell the people that didn't understand and that were opposing what he was doing, if you don't believe in the things that I'm saying, believe in the miracles that you see. They were evidence of the reality of the kingdom of heaven. That's why he came, right? Praise God. He said it. Jesus said it. Pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. One of my favorite testimonies from John G. Lake's book, it's called John G. Lake's Life and Sermons, is he tells this story about how he was caught up in a vision and an angel took him to heaven. And if you know anything about John G. Lake, historically, he was known as a great healer in the kingdom of heaven, right? And so he's in heaven with this angel and he's doing what he always does. He's looking for people to pray for. And the way he describes it in the story is the angel stops and looks and he says, John, you're not gonna find what you're looking for here right? There's nobody sick in heaven. There's nobody missing any limbs. There's nobody addicted to heroin. There's nobody that's suffering the bondages of, of trauma and unbelief and despair. It's a place where he wipes away every tear from our eyes and we will ever forever worship the king We'll worship the king forever, but we'll still be on assignment with the cloud of witnesses. Praise God. Think about that one. Just as we feast on the presence of God at his table and we're filled, healed, and set free, so when we break bread with one another, it has the power to bring us closer to one another, to bring healing, to bring freedom, and to bring reconciliation. I'll read that one more time. Just as we feast on the presence of God at his table and are filled, healed, and set free, so when we break bread with one another, it has the power to bring us closer to one another, to bring healing, to bring freedom, to bring reconciliation. When people sit down to eat together, the intimacy that it fosters is that quinonia that we talk about, that fellowship in the spirit that we experience when we come together with one heart and one purpose in Christ. There's something supernatural that happens 
in the atmosphere and in our lives when our hearts are aligned with his and aligned with one another's, right? I mean, right here in 1 Corinthians 6, 6, 3.16, it says, don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and the spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. The key word there being together. Together. We are the habitation of the glory of God. Wow. This makes me, I'm telling him, say it again. This makes me want to go out to dinner with all of you. I'll be out there with my schedule and we can, no, just kidding. <laughs> Rachel, help me out, please. I, I don't know if I have that kind of capacity, but. When intimacy is fostered, when we sit down to, with one another, we get to know each other. When we get to know one another, we see one another's perspective and we take it deeper and we also learn why we are who we are and why we are like what we're like, right? It takes time, it takes intentionality to do that. Understanding one another can bring acceptance and forgiveness. It's a biblical model. If we have ought with one another, we're to go to our brother or sister one-on-one. -on -one. And then if that doesn't work, we're supposed to take one or two people that are close to the situation and break bread over that, right? There's a, there's a way that we do things in the kingdom of heaven, and it's all in here, <laughs> right? And it's all unto this great purpose and this great benefit of us living in the fullness of what Christ paid for on the cross, Forgiveness always brings reconciliation, right? The way that the situation looks might be different, but the mind and the heart can be reconciled unto God and made whole from that situation. Does that make sense? Am I communicating that clearly? Yes. Forgiveness brings reconciliation, right? I was doing some research on world leaders and government leaders. And there are many times where world leaders in the height of conflict will gather together and they will prepare large meals and they will eat while they're trying to figure out. Sometimes they're, you know, in a room for 14 hours. And they prepare these meals to connect and to deliberate and to really try to come to an understanding to resolve global conflicts and they break bread and they eat food together in that process. There's something powerful that God does when we sit down together and eat food. Whew. Think about this. I don't know about you, but when I am hungry and I haven't eaten for a while, or the first three days of a no food fast or something, I'm hangry. They're like, what's wrong with Joel? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Why would you ask me that? We get hangry. We get worn out. We, we don't perform at the level that we were performing before. You know, we need food. 
But Jesus prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Think about that. Man, there's so much in this. Whoo. Romans 12, 20 through 21 says this. And I'm reading this one from the Passion Translation. It should be up there. It says, and if you, if you're, and if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. For your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience. And God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Never let evil defeat you, but, over, but, but overcome evil with good. It's interesting in the New King James Version, verse 20 actually says, in doing so, you will, you will heap hot coals upon his head. But we understand that, like if, if you study it out, we understand that as a, a figure of speech, right? And, and that, what that figure of speech actually means is that by demonstrating kindness, our adversary's heart will be moved and their shame will be exposed. And that is a recipe for reconciliation. That is a recipe for victory, right? That is where we have victory over darkness. Listen, the God of this age, the devil with a little d, with a little d, is doing everything that he can within his power to bring separation, to bring division, so that I won't like you or I'll think that you're thinking things about me that you're not actually thinking, to divide race, to divide gender, to divide us through politics and policies. Why? Because he wants us isolated. It's a tactic of war. Divide and conquer. Right? It is a tactic of war. Right? And Jesus is, is, is forever, Jesus and his holy angels, the host of heaven, are forever working behind the scenes to lead us back to Christ and back to one another. <laughs> right? I love it when David in the Psalms says, Lord, lift my head up above all my enemies around me so I can see. When we're in agreement with the devil, we can't see. Right? He traps us in the ground instead of us soaring in the spirit like God designed us to. Where his kingdom rules and reigns. Right? Whoo! Man, that's powerful. In the natural, there is something supernatural about overcoming evil with food. There's something supernatural in the natural about overcoming evil with food. And I'm gonna give you my version of it. Do not overcome evil with evil, as it says in the New King James Version, but rather overcome evil with food. 
Why not? Anybody who, how many of you are called to the ministry of hospitality and there's a real grace in your life for that? Yeah, praise God. Pastor Cindy's like, me, yes. There's a lot of you in here. And there's a grace and a power that comes through the Holy Spirit, through hospitality, just like it does through healings, miracles and signs and wonders. It's the same spirit and the same God that gives the increase. So why not overcome evil with food? We've been given communion, the table of the Lord. He said, take this bread, break it, eat it, do this in remembrance of me. But we do it with the understanding that something greater than remembering is happening. But it's when we remember him and our attention and our gaze goes to him that it's unto something. It's unto a revelation and a manifestation of the kingdom of heaven. And that is the place where we live in victory. Praise God. Wow, that's exciting. The table that God prepares for us in the presence of our enemies is the table of his presence. Right? It's the table of his presence. And I could go into it, you know, in the the outer court, in the holy place, in the the tabernacle that Moses built and, and that David and Solomon built, you know, there was a table there with the bread of his presence. It was called the bread of his presence. Why do you think Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? I, I think I shared this uh, the other night, but our friend, Michael Culianos, who speaks pretty much every year at our Holy Spirit conference, said this a few years ago. He said, it's the great invitation to the table of the Lord where both the host and the meal are the same person. Right? That impacted me when he said that. I was like, and I'm remembering visions when I was at the table of the Lord, and I was like, there was no food. But Jesus was there. He is the bread of life. Check this out. When our life intimately entwined with the Lord, the power of breaking bread together has the power to destroy darkness. Right? Think about that. First John 3 and 8 says this. For this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Right? Jesus came. Everything that Jesus did was to undo what the devil did in the garden. Right? I believe, and this is just me, that when Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead, that the angel with the flaming swords that was set on assignment at the Garden of Eden was relieved of his duties that day. And all of us were welcomed back into the presence of God. Praise God. Woo! If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. What is the garden? His presence. It's back into intimate relationship with God. That's why forgiveness is so important. 
Unforgiveness is like a disease that spreads through our very soul and keeps us from stepping into the fullness of what Christ has for us. Listen, I understand there are many things that many of us go through that we never should have went through, that God never had on his heart for us to experience. Terrible, awful things. However, Jesus paid a price for us to be healed, saved, and set free. And together, as the body of Christ, we can come together and see people changed and transformed and reconciled back to God in the way that he designed. And food is a great way to do that. Right? Remember, do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with food. I don't know why I like that so much. Oh, praise God. Oh, well, okay, well. Praise God, that wasn't a person. Don't worry. Psalm 23. says this. So this is it, right? This is actually living Psalm 23. Right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, right? He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me through paths of righteousness, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Oh, God, this is a beautiful story. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Right? He has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. There is great victory in the power of breaking bread and the power of his table, the table of his presence, to see things healed, restored, and set free. Come on, right? Salvation was to the utmost of mankind, to the last need of mankind, right? And healing and deliverance, that freedom is just as much in the atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ as is the salvation of the sinner. What's the punchline? Jesus paid the price, and it was enough. It was enough. Can we stand up together? I'm going to share a few things, but do we have a, a worship person here? Joseph, I see you. God, I love that guy. He's wonderful. Man, I feel like there's just so much 
angelic activity around the church today. Now, now listen, everything is unto the Lord. Angels are on assignment from the Lord, just like you and I are. We're co-laborers in the kingdom. However, I think with intentionality in moments when there's a sensitivity that God gives to the angelic, when we engage with that, something powerful happens. Something powerful happens. And uh, during worship, I I was seeing it. Uh, In the atmosphere, there was like this swirling in the spirit, uh, in the atmosphere around us. When I was in my car, when I drove in today, I parked in the parking lot and I was having an experience with the Lord. I had a vision, right? I mean, this might be news to you, but the team's like, okay. But I saw this vision and I saw these, this is, this is important. Because I think God really wants to do something through this. Specifically, the verse, he has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And and in the vision, these angels were given these loaves of bread and they were sent out on assignment to different people. And what I saw is there were people had great conflict with someone and, and, and you've wanted it to be resolved for a very long time. This is, I mean, so this is serious. This is actually, this is actually serious. This bread they were giving out to individuals was to be given to that other person that there was adversity with. There was a breaking of the bread. Like literally, I saw people handing the bread and the bread was broken. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, sit and eat it. Sit and eat it. And there will be breakthrough at the table. There will be breakthrough at the table. There will be healing. There will be restoration. You know, healing and restoration doesn't always look like the relationship is the way that it was before. Sometimes it's in the act of an individual who's willing to go to the table and bring the bread. Because you can't control what the other person does. And so the hope is, is that Jesus' love comes in and there's healing and reconciliation and, and peace comes into that. But even if that doesn't happen, you know that you've done your part unto the Lord. Right? And then I heard the Lord say, and I saw the word really big, humility. That for some of you, this is gonna take great humility. And it makes me want, like, Lord, please don't let me forget anybody. Like, who is it for me? Like, I want to see the fruit of this. I 
saw the Lord giving grace to be humble. And what was interesting is I heard him say, whether you were right or wrong, listen, the last thing we want to do when we've been wrong is go with bread to try to make something right. But it's not about, it's not about that. It's about you and the Lord. And we do things for our sake and for his sake with the hope that it also transfers over to the sake of others, right? So if you're here, that word is speaking to you, I want, I just want you to raise your hand for me. Yeah. I feel like I have people that on the outside it would look, wouldn't look like there was like terrible conflict and they're not my enemy, but I feel like I need to break bread with them and tell them some things anyway. You know? But some of you that are here or that are watching, there's like a serious conflict. And it's almost as if someone you love became your enemy. And I believe that this is the word of the Lord for you to take the bread, to make, to take the steps, sit down and eat. And I and I think angels are already set on assignment to see that fulfilled. So what I want to do is I'm just going to read Psalm 23 one more time over everybody here, everybody listening. And then I want you to have your hands out to receive the bread, to receive the assignment. That's what it is. This is an assignment that God is giving you with a promise of personal breakthrough. But remember, this is for you. You can't control what other people do. But I think that some of you will watch and be amazed at what the Lord does. Amen? Does this make sense? This, 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 this is the Holy Ghost. So Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These are promises 
he is the good shepherd. We trust him with the small things. We got to trust him with these big things too. So let's put our hands out here. I just say, Father, I receive the assignment. And Lord, I just pray right now that all of the angels that I saw handing out bread would step into their purpose right now in Jesus' name. We stand in agreement with heaven and your purpose and your plan. And Lord, I pray that each and every one that sits down to break bread would experience healing, restoration, that there would be great victory and great breakthrough and that relationships would be restored that people thought were lost forever. You guys, I feel like all this stuff that's happening in the spirit for the past couple months here, God is preparing us for what he's doing and what he's bringing. The more he does, the more we'll be responsible for and the more we'll need him. (laughs) We'll need to be right with him. And I think this is part of it. I, uh, I'll close with this. A couple of weeks ago, you can feel free to sit down if you need to or you can stand, but a few weeks ago, or actually a few months ago now, Pastor Steve and I were chatting and we had both experienced people from our past who had contacted us out of the blue that the relationships were severed and devastated. And God, through his sovereignty and through his grace and his love, restored those relationships. Mine was from a friend from high school that I ended up being partners with when I was working for the drug cartels. I'm not gonna go into the details of everything that happened, But it was demonic. It was awful. We were the closest of friends. And it completely severed our relationship. And we had talked from time to time. But it still wasn't okay. And one night, I talked to him on the phone till 1 o'clock in the morning. And God gave the grace for us to remember all of the details of everything that happened. And would you know that what we thought happened wasn't what happened at all. And that we were living in lies and coming into agreement with the enemy. I mean, we were living in a dark world and that's the fruit of that world. But it's the same. There's so many times where there's such a lack of understanding that we have towards one another whether it's leaders of nations, husbands and wives, pastors in their congregations, best friends. 
there's usually more happening under the surf, surface than what we think. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. If I, if I get the ministry teams to come on up here, um, you know, I think that if those of you that received the bread that have that situation, come up and let the ministry teams pray with you. Let them pray with you. Let them stand in agreement. Let them pour into you to embolden you to step out and, and make that phone call, to send that text, to reach out to that person and connect with them. Listen, out of the presence of God, the table of his presence, all kinds of miracles, signs and wonders happen, right? Right now, we're actually dining with the king. We are eating of the goodness of God right now. And, and you guys can come, come across the front. That's fine. We can spread out. That, that way you guys have a little bit of room. I don't know. Um, especially over here, a little bunched up over there. But uh, I'm, I'm acting like I'm still the leader of the ministry teams. <laughs> Angela, where are you? Okay. I'm, we're okay, right? Okay. Let us pray with you. I believe, and this has been on my heart, that we are going to start seeing more and more of some of the amazing miracles that we've started to see again. Man, especially in the area of healing and breakthrough, whether it's relationships, bodies, emotions, minds. We've always seen that kind of stuff, but I believe that we're on the brink of seeing something even greater happen. So I encourage you to come up and let our teams minister to you in the things of the Spirit. Holy Spirit is present. And when Holy Spirit is present, all of His gifts, His power, and His attributes are here. You don't want to miss that. Right? Holy Spirit will reveal to you the heart, the purposes of Christ and the heart of the Father. And that's a beautiful thing. All right. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you that we invited to your table <laughs> and that you have prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies and that we don't overcome evil with evil, but rather overcome evil with food. Give us courage and boldness to go out into the world and see relationships restored and reconciled and brought back together that were once lost. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, please come up for prayer. We got a team here. Go break bread with one another. Be blessed. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com slash give.